Diversity Deep Dive podcast, Latinx Leaders Dispelling Stereotypes. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, the industry sectors Latinos work in are predominantly construction at 27%, agriculture at 23%, and hospitality at 22%. Yet what is often not highlighted are the Latinx professionals working every day to impact diversity and inclusion by dispelling stereotypes and breaking barriers. Welcome to the Diversity Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Audra Jenkins, joined by members of my Ronset Equality Diversity and Inclusion Crew, or Ready Crew, Floss Agri, and Norma Marquez. Today, we'll be speaking with Sophia Reed, Assistant Vice President of Operations, Development and Training for the National Diversity Council. She will share her journey as well as some helpful insights on breaking barriers for Latinx professionals. Welcome, Sophia. Thank you so much for having me here. We are so excited to speak with you today and hear about your journey and hopefully inspire other Latinx professionals to strive to reach the top. So, Sophia, I know you were a magnum cum laude graduate with a double major in anthropology and ethnic studies from Brown University and went on to obtain a master's from NSU in Florida. Please tell us a little bit about what was your motivation for success early on? For my entire life, my mother always emphasized to me the importance of education. During elementary school, she sat with me every evening to make sure that I understood my homework and finished it well. As I grew older, she also made a point to take me to visit different colleges so that I knew that it was an expectation for me to not only go to college, but to excel in my educational endeavors. I really need to thank my mother for helping ingrain in me the importance of motivation and hard work. I love that. How inspiring. That's that's such a wonderful story, Sophia. I love the way that you brought it back to your first advocate, your first sponsor, which is always your mother or your parents. So thank you for that. So my next question is, so why do you think diversity inclusion, especially for Latinx professionals, are important, especially for yourself? Like other marginalized groups, research shows that disparities exist for the Latinx community when it comes to graduation rates, board positions, compensation, and more. At the same time, our Latinx community is the fastest growing one within the United States. For me personally, I have always found inequality, whether it be in pay, education, title, overall treatment, to be very disheartening. It is essential for business leaders to play their part in promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion within their organizations so that, at the very least, our Latinx counterparts feel not only tolerated when they go to work, but truly embraced, included, and leveraged for their talents and strengths. Thank you, Sofia, for sharing those points. There are a lot of barriers women often have to overcome in professional careers. What are ways in which employees can create a culture where Latinx talent feel value and part of their overall organization success. First and foremost, an organization should have a diversity and inclusion strategy that is embraced and promoted from the top down. This helps Latinx employees see that diverse individuals and groups like themselves are important to the organization's mission and goals. Employers should also strive to have Latinx representation in all ranks of the organization, including senior executive positions and boardrooms. 
This allows Latinx employees to have a voice during important decisions that are made that impact the overarching organization and have a seat at the table. One final thing to mention is employee resource groups. If an organization has a bandwidth to roll out ERG groups, and specifically one that focuses on the Latinx community, employees then see that the organization not only embraces this community, but also aims to strategically leverage their talents and skills to further optimize organizational success. Sophia, when talking about uh, community, unfortunately, people assume certain behaviors or characteristics based on a certain group. What boxes do you feel that people have put you in or have people put you in as a Latina woman? Throughout my life, I have received comments from people that deal with various Latina stereotypes, such as, I must be a great cook, I must be feisty during disagreements, I must be jealous when it comes to relationships. I must have children already. When it comes to the professional setting, I have received comments from people implying that I must put my career on the back burner since Latinas stereotypically put family first. Lastly, another box that I have been placed into actually deals with me being multicultural because I identify as half Puerto Rican on my mother's side and half Caucasian American on my father's side. I have had multiple Latinx community members tell me that I am not Puerto Rican enough or not Latina enough due to my multicultural background, which was also quite difficult. Wow, Sofia, thank you for sharing all those stereotypes. How did you stay positive and help dispel those stereotypes? Well, although these assumptions and remarks really used to upset me, I have made a proactive effort over the past few years to view these situations as opportunities. I have come to realize that many people are simply ignorant. They have no malintent, but just do not know any better. These individuals are key opportunities because if I'm able to help broaden someone's mind when it comes to diversity and inclusion, I have done my job. Some other people, though, are not ignorant, but rather are intentionally intolerant. For these individuals, I let them be and try not to expend my energy on them. They are completely closed off and often just want to get a reaction out of you. In the end, I feel very fortunate and blessed to be in a position where I can help promote DNI every day, and this helps me stay positive that much more. Sophia, that's interesting that you take the opportunity to educate others, and kudos for that. I know a major part of the National Diversity Council for the past 15 years or so has been on educating and championing diversity and inclusion. How do you go about determining topics you cover in your conferences, your chapter meetings and events each year? And if someone's interested in, in knowing more about that, how can they gain more information? The National Diversity Council aims to cater to each local community's diversity and inclusion needs. For example, Atlanta's DNI needs may be very different than those for New York City, Houston, Columbus, and so on. In order to identify the most popular topics for each market, we distribute an annual DNI topic interest survey to each local chapter and ask respondents to select the top three topics 
that are of most interest to them and their organization. We then use the most highly ranked ones as content topics for our chapter meetings and programs. Later today in Atlanta, for instance, we have a chapter meeting that will focus on corporate and social responsibility, which was one of the highest ranking topics for our Georgia Diversity Council market. If you would like to learn more about the National Diversity Council and our efforts, you can go to nationaldiversitycouncil.org. So, Sophia, let's change the gears a little bit. As a parent and a diverse practitioner, I make a conscience often to raise cultural competent children. What advice would you give parents to expose their children to the Latinx culture? For families who are fortunate enough to live in diverse multicultural communities, one key piece of advice is to get out there. And what I mean by that is to make an intentional effort to take their children to events, films, concerts, museums, anything that highlights a piece of the Latinx community and culture. I know that a lot of people enjoy the stereotypical Mexican food and Puerto Rican salsa music, but parents should take this a step further. They need to do their own due diligence so that they are in the know about what is impacting the Latinx community and share this information with their kids. Perhaps most importantly, parents need to proactively call out the Latinx stereotypes they see in movies, TV shows, social media, and so on, so that their children learn at an early age how these biased representations can negatively impact groups of people. I love that, Sophia. I love about how passionate you are about the topic. I love how authentic you are as a leader and practitioner. I mean, I, I'm really impressed with the work that you're doing with National Diversity Council, for sure. One of the things I want to follow up a question on, you know, you talked about the stereotypes in movies, and one of the big transformation I think I'm trying to see in Hollywood is more movies that have people of color. You know, do you think that, you know, we'll ever, one of the things I think about is, you know, the surprise that people feel, you know, for example, Black Panther, Crazy Rich Asians, you know, those movies were widely successful across many genres, many cultural groups and demographics. So do you think that there could be more done to promote, you know, Latinx leaders in Hollywood? You know, I do. I feel like over the past few years, you know, there always used to be historically these roles where Latinas, for example, would play and they would be highly exotified. And, you know, really, it's quite sad because over time now, at least, we do have these Latina leaders and Latinx community members who are really pushing the envelope in the sense that their voice should be heard in a lot of different ways, you know, as business leaders, as political leaders, not simply, you know, serving as a janitor, let's say, or, or in a restaurant or in a sexual capacity. So I do think there could be a lot more done. Um, I do think we are moving towards that, but there still is a long way to go. I love that. When I think about, especially Latina actresses, I think, you know, the ones that are, come to mind, obviously, like Zoe Saldano, you know, America Ferrera. I mean, they've had a wildly immense success, I think, in Hollywood. And 
one of the first movies I saw America Ferrara in was about women with curves. And I really, it really made me feel good as, you know, as a woman with curves to see someone on the big screen that's dispelling some of those stereotypes and, and saying that, hey, I can make, you know, better choices for myself and I can make, represent, you know, just my culture alone is just one part of who I am. So when you talked about the boxes people put you in, you know, as someone that, you know, as a Latina woman and, you know, what you should, the expectations, you know, how would you, how would you tell someone how they could respond to that in a very, there's a lot of stereotypes out there around, you know, well, Latinas should act a certain way in the workplace or they should, you know, have a certain seat or not have a seat at the table, you know, what would you, what advice would you give someone that's, you know, maybe starting in their career and they don't want to be put in a box, you know, as a, a Latina woman? I would recommend for them to try as hard as they can um, to be their authentic, true selves. You know, it can be a bit difficult, especially when you're starting out a job, because you kind of have to get a feel for the workplace. What kind of dress code is there? You know, do they, would they be okay with, you know, bright colored outfits or shoes or whatnot? I know that's also kind of a Latina stereotype kind of a thing. But I do think that as more time goes on, that the individual really should make a point to be able to verbalize, you know, what makes them who they are, whether that, you know, is a cultural ritual kind of a thing that they participate in. If someone says a derogatory remark, you know, not calling them out in front of multiple individuals, but perhaps taking them, you know, to the side after a meeting to just express, you know, in a very constructive, positive way and helping educate them. Because again, they they most likely have no idea that their comment had, you know, a negative impact on them. So I think those are just a few pieces of advice that I wish I would have been told before entering the workplace. I love that. So very well thought out. Thank you, Sophia, for that. Switching gears, Norma uh, Marquez Barona is on our team, the Ron Set Equality Diversity Inclusion team. Norma, what have you seen? You know, you've worked in many corporate environments. You've done a lot of work with corporate leaders. What have you seen out there that helps support, you know, Latinx professionals? What organizations are you affiliated with that may be, you know, beneficial to someone that's really up and coming and they want more, you know, more of a mentorship or more of a community to help support their careers? You know, one thing that early on in my career, I got involved very uh, closely with Prospanica, which when I got involved with them was a national Hispanic MBA program. But Prospanica has a lot for upcoming, up and coming talent to develop some of the skills. And I think it's important early in your career to serve as a volunteer, right? Start as a volunteer, get to know the key players in, in your region, in your city, in your country, and attach yourself to them. I think it's how you build brand equity. You know, Prospanica is a great example. You have Alpha, you have the Latin American Association. There's a lot of entities that can support your development. Has a Latin X, but I think that sometimes exposing yourself to other entities that not necessarily represent your culture is the best way to learn about yourself. So I would say, you know, go out to you know, the Asian community, the Indian community, and expose yourself because that is how you also gain brain equity with other entities. So again, you talked about a lot of interesting points. 
it seems like you have grown a lot just in terms of accepting yourself and your identity. Was there a certain turning point for you personally where you decided to step into yourself authentically to say, this is who I am and I'm proud of it? Can you share with me a little bit about that? That's such a great question to share. When I was growing up, what was really interesting is that because my mom would speak to me in Spanish, you know, I remember being in elementary and middle school, you know, people saying to me, oh, you're Spanish, right? And then and I thought to myself, oh, yeah, I'm Spanish. But And, and the studies show that usually children who are Latinx kind of identify in that way because of the language when they're growing up. But then what's really interesting, though, is that in high school, there's a program called Anytown that I don't know if they have it everywhere. But um, during the program, one of the first activities is that they have you identify yourself. Do you identify as Black? Do you identify as Latinx? You know, so on. But they had this group for multicultural. And I remember, so I was probably, I don't even know, like 17 or 18. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like I'm I'm not just Latinx. Like I'm not just Latina. And so that was the first moment that it actually hit me that I was, you know, half something else, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and I would say that would be the main turning point in my life where I really fully embraced my entire identity and viewed everything in a different light. Well, thank you so much, Sophia. If you had one last piece of advice to share with our listeners today that really helps shape who you are, you know, what advice did you get, you know, in your career that was just one of those most, one of those little nuggets that was one of those golden nuggets to develop who you are today? Well, it may not seem very professional in scope, but um, to treat everyone with love, kindness, and respect, whether it's something small, like holding the door or smiling at someone, or maybe something bigger, like donating one's time or funding to an impactful cause, these behaviors, words, and actions have a profound impact on creating positive environments for where we live and work. I love that. That is so awesome. Thank you so much, Sophia. It was such a gift to have you here today. And thank you again to Floss and Norma from our Ready Crew for a very insightful conversation. And I want to also say thank you, our listeners. We certainly appreciate your support. Real diversity really happens when everyone is actively engaged, working together for a positive change. Let's keep the conversation going. Please download more episodes of the Diversity Deep Dive podcast. Until next time, go out and make a positive difference in your organization or community. Thank you.